They're all saving one, or most of them, most of the Hampshire fielders are saving one. Somerset need one run. It's Edwards to Hildreth. He's there and bowls Hildreth, and he gets the run away through the onside, and Somerset have won. They've won the Royal London One Day Cup. Hello there, you're listening to Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. This is the Somerset Cricket Podcast. My name's Ian Shepherd, and joining me this evening, I've got Dan Kingdom, Somerset CCC digital guru Ben Warren, and the voice of cricket on BBC Radio Somerset, Anthony Gibson. And we are about a day removed from one of the best nights I've had at the Cooper Associates County Ground in a long time. The peasants revolted yet again, sending Surrey with their tails between their legs back up the A303 or the M4, M5, whichever way they decided to come. Uh, Somerset victorious by 47 runs. And to be honest, Surrey were never really in the game, were they, Dan? No, not really. I mean, we had a slightly dodgy start, didn't we? But once Smead and Abel got going, it was absolutely fine. I mean, it was such a fun partnership to watch. Um, and good to see them both find some form. I mean, Abel's been in okay form in the Blast this year, hasn't he? Without really finding the heights of last year. Um, whereas Smead obviously sort of started well and sort of fallen away a little bit over the last few games, but you know he was back to his best without a doubt uh, yesterday. And um, so yeah, obviously there was there was once that punch was broken, we obviously fell away towards the end, and it's a bit worrying because our middle order has not been at its best this season in the blast. It's something we need to try and rectify as soon as we can, obviously with the quarterfinal looming. Um, you know, Lamamie, Gregory, you know they've you know they've had contributions at times, but you know they they need to. Um, you know they're, they're better players than what they've shown so far for sure um, and yeah with the ball I mean <laughs> the chase was killed by but effectively the second ball really when they got Jacks because when, when we got when we got rid of Jacks because with no Roy he was basically the key man um, obviously then getting Curran as well was a bonus that was glorious that, I, I missed that I was getting I was getting a, a Thatcher's on the way back for the, from the interval and I missed it it's probably a good it's probably a good thing too because I'd have been jumping over that barrier on the pitch pointing him back to the pavilion all the way um, and um, my well I was also very excited by Craig Overton sorry Ben yes, I'll just clarify that was that was hyperbole and exaggeration don't put me down as some sort of risk with this are you texting double six triple seven at the double. moment just in case. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've, we have now had five maidens in the blast this season which I'm pretty sure is unprecedented I, I couldn't believe it I mean, I've, I've been I tweet this list of maidens Somerset bowlers every time the bowler maiden. I can't believe how often I'm having to tweet that. So this was a double wicket maiden as well. You know, Craig, Craig bowled really well yesterday. You know, career best figures, of course. Um, yeah, I mean Jordan obviously batted well for his 73, but I don't think any of us were ever really worried. Um, they lost wickets steadily and steadily enough. Um, obviously, it was a fun moment when Craig uh, got rid of Jamie. Um, oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, just fairly fairly chilled win really in the second in the you know second towards the second half of the game. Well, so it should have been against what's effectively Surrey's second eleven. It would have been. Oh, a here we go! Come on, there. Come on, Aikman. Well, I just—I mean, I just think it's a shame that the closing stages of the blast are going to be ruined by the ECB, because I mean, Surrey are going to be without half, at least half a dozen of their best players next next Saturday, next uh, Wednesday for their quarterfinal against uh, Yorkshire, and they won't have them for finals day either. You know, I, I think it's just—it's just shocking the way the. He just see, doesn't seem to care less about about vitality blast uh, anymore. It certainly wouldn't happen. You know, players wouldn't be um, signed up for England if 
the stuff. So I just think it's really, and and uh, you know, sorry, sorry, at full strength, they're just about unbeatable in T20. Um, so it was fortunate from our point of view that we had them at half strength last night. But um, we shouldn't get too carried away by a result like that against that Surrey side. Okay, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we'll catch. <laughs> oh, come on, give <laughs> Let's see some positivity. I mean, let's talk about that Abel and uh, Smead partnership. It was so. I don't think Abel tried to hit a cricket ball all evening. Everything was just finesse, and he just stroking the ball, manoeuvring it. There was a brilliant bit in the 14th over where he hit Cameron Steele for two fours over extra cover, and then they moved uh, deep backward point up to deep extra cover. And I said to Blow next to me, I said, "You watch now. He's just going to reverse sweep him into that gap," and he did. He's just fantastic. Such a game awareness. Just placing the ball into gaps, picking up the, the boundaries without having to, you know, try and bludgeon it over the rope. Um, I mean, I, I thought he there was an innings he played against Glamorgan in the COVID season in 2020. He got 70 odd there, and I thought well, that was pretty special. But this for me was just he just he just bossed the bowling. He never once looked in trouble until he got out. the The sweep shot he played over over the keeper's head was was pitch picture perfect. Um, I, I mean, I, if there's a, a better innings in T20 cricket, I want, I want to see it, Ben. I mean, how was it looking for you up there in the, in the digi box? Yeah, yeah. I thought, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head, really. I think, you know, he played. You know, he didn't try to hit the ball too hard. He played really well over extra cover. It was quite, it's quite a short bat. Was quite a short boundary over to the, the old scoreboard, particularly when he was batting at the, the both of men. So, yeah, just I think when he's been at his best this season he's he's brought a real maturity to that that sort of position and you know uh, and I think back to sort of the run chases at Chelmsford and Canterbury those have been where he's been at his best but it was nice to see him set 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 a really positive intent batting first it sort of reminded me a little bit of, of the Middlesex game in 2019 I thought it'd be gone on he could have potentially sort of got that got that 100 like like he did in, in 2019 but um, not to be but yeah I think he does bring such a, a unique style to that middle order where he can hit, hit, hit inside out over extra cover which you know not a lot of the other guys can, can do and, and yeah I just I just think he's so crucial to um, some of such chances as, as we go through into the, to the knockout stages Come on then Gibber I'm going to give, give you a chance to effuse positivity about oh, no. Tom Avon I'll bet you enjoyed that one down there with Mr Church in the uh, yeah. In the combo, yeah, absolutely. And Mark Church, the Surrey commentator, he really enjoyed it as well. It was a fantastic innings, and and Tom Abel at his at his very best. And uh, you know, it was particularly good because he got he caught quite a lot of criticism for the shot he got out to against Middlesex at Lords uh, on on Friday. Uh, and it was noticeable he didn't he didn't go for the reverse sweep and the scoop until quite well into his innings. He was playing sort of conventional shots, not trying to hit it too hard. And because he had, you know, Will Smead at, at the other end smashing anything within reach, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, no, it was, it was a it was a great great partnership. It was, yeah, it was a pity when the, the pair of them got out, and then the usual middle order clatter of wickets. But um, yeah, it, it was it was a great great piece of batting. But the game was won by Craig Overton. Mm-hmm. Um, 
in with the, in, I thought he bowled absolutely superbly from from what I could see from, from our less than ideal vantage point. But <laughs> um, you know, he, he said himself uh, he was getting a little bit of swing and he was getting a little bit of nip and he was putting it in exactly the right areas. He was bowling for quick. I think the presence of, of Jamie inspired him. You know, put a put a yard on his on his pace. And uh, no, it was it was a great 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 piece of bowling. And as you say, from the moment really were well, the moments when Jackson, then um, Tom Curran, and Jamie Smith, who's another very dangerous customer. Once we got them out, it was only really going to be a matter of time. Scoreboard pressure would tell in the end, and uh, and it did. Yeah, Craig O finishing with uh, four overs, one maiden, as you mentioned before, double wicket maiden, four for twenty five from his four overs. It was quite a funny bit as well. I don't know if you picked this. Were you were you there last night, Dan, or were you were you on the stream? Yeah, I was there. Yeah. So, did you know what was going on when Jamie Overton was refusing to face Craig for about ten minutes, and there was all sorts of pointing going on at at, at the Thatcher at the Thatcher's Terrace? I, I couldn't see from where I was sat. No, well, was clearly, I thought someone was obviously not moving, presumably. Well, somebody was not moving. There was a steward who was on the top, almost the top of the fire escape. As you, as you kind of walk onto the Thatcher's Terrace, sort of between the Gimlet Hill end of the um, the Tres Pavilion, and he, uh, from memory, he'd been there all game, and he was, you know, I mean, we all know how high that pavilion is. He must have been, you know, fifteen, twenty meters up in the air, and I don't know if it's because Jamie's a little bit taller than all the other Surrey batters, but he was again about, you know, five meters above where the sight screen finishes. So I've literally got no idea how he could possibly have been in his eye line, but uh, it's. All the more funnier when you moan like that for about ten minutes, and then you get out to your twin brother three balls later. <laughs> oh well, never mind. Uh, what else do we want to talk about last night? We got to talk about Will Smee, don't we? I mean, the complete contrast of Tom Abel, all power and muscle, and yet again <laughs> failing, just getting within two runs of his maiden T Twenty century for the what was it the fourth time this year? I know the one against Glamorgan, he was. He was um, starved the strike a bit by Riley Russo and unable to get there before the run chase was complete. But if we'd batted 20 overs, he probably would have got there. But I mean, what do we make of that? Just, you know, pure power, pure muscle, and that's what he's he does. He's a strong boy. I'm, I'm, I'm just a bit worried he's becoming a bit one dimensional. I mean, that bottom hand comes into even his offside shots now, where he sort of shovels it away through the, through the offside. He's very strong on the onside, obviously. Um, but He's been a bit worked out by a lot of the other sides in, in the blast who bowl outside the off stump at him um, because he's um, and deny him the opportunity to slog it away through the through the leg side. So I think you know he just he just needs he needs to bring a bit more variety to his to his game. It's all a bit hit uh, hit and miss at the moment. If it comes off, it's great, but that's only really the what the second. Decent innings that he's put together. There was the um, the knock against um, Glamorgan, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Which, I, which I didn't see. Um, and and last night. But apart from that, you know, I mean, I was interested when they're seeing the England Lions selection to see Smead and Banton in there. Now, if they if they're going to open with Smead and Banton, <laughs> they better be aware. I mean, they put on a hundred against Glamorgan. Apart from that, either one or the other has been out in the first two or three overs in virtually every game. So I don't know. It's um, he's a very, very talented uh, uh, young man. Got a wonderful eye, power to 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 spare, 
But I just, I just worried that he's becoming a, a white ball T20 stroke T10 stroke hundred specialist. When I think he's better than that, he's, I think he's got he's got the potential to be a really, really top class all round batsman. I think he um, he really enjoys batting from at the Cooper Associates from the Trez end. I noticed that his about 70% of his runs when he stroked against Glamorgan, that 94 or whatever it was, most of his runs came when he was facing bowlers from the um, bowling from the Botham end. And it was very similar yes, yesterday as well. It, it, uncanny, how, I think he had nearly, I think it was 67 of his runs came from when he was facing on that. So he, he clearly enjoys just pumping it into the hmm. Somerset stand. From, Normally from a pretty end. short boundary there for the T20, yeah. isn't it? So yeah, that's it's um but yeah i think it i think it's going to be really interesting and then, and i think how he develops you know he's going to have to develop isn't he i think that that's that's generally how you know he will he will have to develop through through people figuring this sort of stuff out and um you know i don't doubt he's got the talent to to that but it but, but you're right is he's very uncomplicated you know he he's a lot, there's a lot of backing away and trying to cut or a lot of sort of just hacking it over the leg side and um you know it's working for him for a lot of it but it, it does chew up a lot of dot balls and when when things aren't when he's not hitting the when he's not timing it particularly well or he's not quite in the rhythm you know i think there have been times where he's open and he's and he has chewed up dots when um when potentially you know when he adds that extra layer to his game he, he can get get ones get twos and then really unleash his power and i think that's where when he's going to sort of really um, explode as a player, but you know, I think his defence—you know—I think a good defence is still still required in 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 cricket, and I think it will help his T Twenty game. Yeah, I mean, you think you look at how Abel bad yesterday. You 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 can just tell that he's got two or three areas in mind, and you know, if I, if I can't hit it for four over there, okay, maybe I can just you know nudge it for one here with Smead. You kind of get the the feeling that it's six and. The ones the the ones and twos that he picks up are ones that he hasn't quite connected with that haven't gone for six or four. Whereas Abel is is really playing those percentages and, and looking to score the most he can off every ball. Whether he has to, you know, whether it has to just nudge it for one or play that release shot or the reverse sweep to get get it for six. Um, but you're absolutely right. It's something that he will he will learn as as he uh, as he matures as a batter because. I suppose Dan, there's. I don't know if you've got his dot ball percentage there to hand or. Uh, sorry, Smead is that? Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, I don't expect you to have his dot ball percentage to hand. I expect you to have it committed to memory, Dan. No, I don't. No, oh, never mind. <laughs> well, Tom, Tom Banton's been the same. Cricket archive. Mm. Cricket archive does tell you dot balls now, which is handy. Mm. Yesterday, Smead faced 14 dots out of 51. Abel faced 8 dots out of 36. What so about Abel was obviously lower percentage. But Banton, Banton also chews up a lot of balls. You know, he's, he's, he's not he good is, at, at knocking it into the gaps and rotating, rotating the strike. I'm sure he used to be better. I think it's just this year, I particularly noticed this year, he's really struggling to rotate the strike. Yeah, yesterday he faced... He, well, he got nine of fourteen, including seven dots, and yeah, he's had a lot of injury this year. Yeah. 
Excellent. So, win by 47 runs. I mean, we uh, face the Derbyshire Falcons at the Cooper Associates County Ground at 7pm, I think I'm right in saying, on Saturday night. See, this This is what happens now. When we, when we moan about there being not a lot of weekend cricket left at the Cooper Associates County Ground, they give us the Saturday one, they give us the Saturday quarterfinal, and then I realize, oh, can't play club cricket on Saturday now. So, oh, dear. <laughs> If we didn't have anything to moan about, yeah, we'd still be moan about the fact that we didn't have anything to moan about. But I'm sure it's going to be a fantastic uh, atmosphere at, uh, at Taunton on Saturday night for that one. Um, one that we oh we haven't, uh, haven't chatted about the Middlesex game, which is one that we nearly conspired to, to throw away until uh, Craig Overton came in and uh, smeared, uh, who was it? Uh, the one with the funny long name, wasn't it? What's he called? Berendorf. Berendorf. Over the uh, whichever stand it was, the mound stand or the grandstand, I can never remember which way round they are at Lords. Uh, so 12, 12 or three balls is a fantastic way to finish a T Twenty game. And then hashtag Josh Davy Watch was never in doubt when he came in and uh, smeared one down the ground for six two. That tied us. That tied the game up, didn't it? That one. So yeah, I mean, yeah. what else do we want to want to say about that one? Uh, I think they were they were always in. It was one of those games that Somerset just seemed in control of for probably thirty six of the the forty overs, but um, you know, a slight sort of bump in 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 the batting innings, and but I, ju- I think it just goes to show that you know, in modern day T Twenty cricket, one over, one big over, and you can pretty much chase chase a lot of things that that potentially don't seem possible. I think it was thirty nine off three it got to, and you know, I think even then. You know, I think what you saw on Friday was the the true value of that Gloucester run chase. You sure you you know you didn't get. I think you've almost got the two points that we actually gained over Gloucester, but the confidence that those guys had through you know chasing that score down the order at, at Bristol, it, it just meant that when when Green, when Overton, Davy, when Van der Merwe at the crease, you know, no one panicked. They were all very confident that you know there was never any doubt really that they were they felt they could chase the score down. So I think you, you really saw that that outcome of Bristol into true fruition on on mm-hmm. Friday when when they and, you know and I think that is Somerset's you know it's almost that is our USP as a team I guess you know that is our difference you know we not we've not got you know we potentially not quite matching some other teams in some other areas but. That, I think pretty sure that you know our lower order batting is is probably the best in the tournament, and you know that might well hopefully um, get us to where where we want to be and get us to finals day. Yeah, let's hope so. I mean, one of the point I was going to raise about sort of the the group stage as a whole is when we've had one big partnership, when that partnership's been broken, we haven't kind of had that secondary almost kick on partnership towards the end of the innings. I mean, yeah. Yesterday was a, sort of a, a classic example. Um, where else did it go wrong? Uh, I mean, Essex. We chased, that was Smead and as uh, I saw, that was Russo and Abel chased that one down, didn't they? Fairly comfortably, but yeah. It just seems to be Hampshire as well. Oh, Hampshire was the game I was thinking of. Well, in that run, in that run chase when um, yeah, when that Abel Russo partnership was broken, very similar to last night, where you know we just didn't quite kick on and, and get that. What would have been a a very it was a very gettable target at uh, at that stage but um oh well never mind onwards and upwards so yeah finishing second in the southern group 
um, of the Vitality Blast home quarter final against Derbyshire on Saturday night. We'll see you all there. Um, was there any major news coming out this morning about half past eight? <laughs> A signing. Imam Ulhaq is joining us for the. Uh, well, not joining us. He's not popping on the podcast. Well, he's more than welcome to if he likes. But he's joining uh, up with Somerset's County Championship campaign for September. Um, what do we think of that then, guys? I'll I'll start, and I'm I'm only he's a fine player, but the our recent experience of getting players in just for the month of September, I'm thinking Murali VJ Azarali in his last stint. I don't know whether I'm uh, using this as uh, some sort of harbinger of doom, but uh, hasn't particularly been great, has it? As I wasn't that bad. As I wasn't that bad, because all the bars were bad. As I was actually one of the better batters. He was one of the least worst. Very well. but, <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah. He still lost um, all four games. I think, yeah. I think, yeah, Imam is a good, solid signing. He's got a good first-class record. Recently, I think, recalled to their test side uh, and scored two centuries in a test against Australia. Um, he's also scored some runs in ODIs recently as well. Um, yeah, it's a good signing and a necessary, necessary signing. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we were saying obviously short-term signings they can be hit and miss in county cricket, but I think we had to we had to sign someone. You know, we're, we're fighting relegation. It's imperative to stay up. It's imperative to do everything we can um, to stay up. Um, so yeah, I think it's a good signing. Yeah, it is. I, I mean, I don't don't know much about him um, or Hack, but his record looks pretty good. He's averaging over forty in um, in first-class cricket. He's an opening opening batsman, which is very much what we need. Someone to partner Tom Lallanby, and I just hope he scores a few more runs than <laughs> Morali VJ did back in back in twenty nineteen. He can't score many less. <laughs> Quite, <laughs> but yeah, it's a it's a good good sign. But of course, he hasn't. He's it's not home and hosed yet, is it? But there are various formalities he's still got to go through in order to get here. We all, all always remember what happened to. Um, what was his name? Um, Fakir um, Azaman. Sorry, am I going to have to put a... What was that, Gibbo? <laughs> I was very careful. <laughs> <laughs> One quite a Jonathan Aggie uh, moment. It's, uh... I, won't, I won't tell you about my joke about uh, Jim Allenby, <laughs> who, 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 who left just about the time as uh, Fakir Azaman was due to join. <laughs> you can work it out for yourselves. I'm sure I can. <laughs> Is it one leaves and one joins, something like that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so how long have you known about that little tidbit, Ben? And why didn't we announce it to the crowd last night? Would have been the icing on the cake, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was not huge sort of um, not a huge turn. I think a lot of these processes are, are not just defined by us. It's uh, a lot of his agents and um, the real PCB on. They kind of look, look at these things as well. So, um, yeah, I think it is going to be interesting to see whether we can, if Somerset were to qualify for the Royal London, at least the final. I'm not, I'm not. You, you probably know better than me, Dan. But the sem, I believe the semi-finals are probably going to be in September as well, aren't they? Yeah. So, um, whether they, we can semis are in August. Yeah, the semi, the semis on on the bank holiday weekend, aren't they? Aren't they, aren't they like the Thursday and the Tuesday or something daft? something like yeah but I think if someone said made the final I guess we're just trying to ascertain whether he might might be kicking around oh yeah the, the, 
Yeah, the quarters are on the Friday, then it's the bank holiday weekend, and then the semis are on the Tuesday, and the final is on the 17th of September. Yeah, so it might be a one-off, essentially. But uh, yeah, I think great, great sign-in in terms of... Um, I think it follows a recent trend of players that are... Sorry, I think I dropped that. Then. Um... You're back now, but you're a bit sluggish. We yeah, can I think see it, Dan. Follows recent trend of players that are, are just kind of on, you know, they're hungry to sort of get to that next level. And, and Imam's definitely, despite him scoring um, a couple of hundreds against Australia, got, got plenty to prove. So uh, yeah, should be um, should be should be good. Yeah, so looking forward to welcoming Imam Hack to the Cooper Associates County Ground in September. Just before we move on from last night, Ben, what was going on with the scoreboards then? It was quite nice. Though. We had a nice little nostalgic trip down memory lane with scores from the Hampshire game <laughs> and the, the Glamorgan game from earlier in the season. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's an absolute nightmare, um, to be honest. Um, yeah, it's just one of those really bizarre technical things. Um, I won't put too much on on thing, but uh, you'll know potentially there is a trend of things that go wrong at the Cooper Associates County ground, and it happens to follow when uh, when we've sort of given up our ground to a to another. Ooh, say no more. Um, so I, I won't I won't say too much, but um, it, it, it is sometimes rather tricky when we have to sort of rebuild our whole ground um, <laughs> to um, to to accommodate. Um, certain external people um but yeah this was just a complete um complete random one really <laughs> it was uh, as you know we're going through the processes of of with the new scoreboard um so we've kind of, we're at sort of halfway house mm. at the moment a lot of our technologies ready for the new scoreboard not the old scoreboards um so yeah it, it was just trying to uh, get all get all that sort of squared away but um yeah not ideal um not i want to be doing it half six on a <laughs> but um we got there in the end <laughs> yeah we did indeed got there in the end yeah it was only about four or five overs wasn't it so and we were scoring runs at that time so not too much to worry about excellent stuff so uh what have we got this week uh nothing this week um and then we've got I've completely lost my place on my calendar now. So our next cricket is going to be the county championship game up at Southport. Now with, what do you reckon? It's four missing, isn't it? Because Craig's going to be with the England white ball squad. And then we've got Abel, Banton and Smead uh, with the England Lions. So a few opportunities there. Um, probably Lamanby and Renshaw opening. And then, well, where do we go from there? Well, presumably George Bartlett will come into the side to replace Tom Abel. Lewis Gregory is captain. Would that be reasonable? Yeah, I think so. If he's fit, is he fit? He doesn't seem. He's a, doesn't seem to be the Lewis Gregory we've come to know and love at the moment. He's not taking wickets. He bowled a dreadful over last night. He's not scoring runs either, apart from the sixty against Gloucestershire. Is he fully fit, Ben? Well, I, I, I'm not sure. To, I think the situation's still a sort of a, a sort of a, 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 you know, almost like a day by day basis, really. You know, I think you know, I think the, the reality is that you know there is 
there is still obviously something there, uh, you know. But but he's he's you know, the club is just managing it and getting getting him through games and um and but yeah, it's 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 certainly you know. But but he has you know in the in the last he has bowled he bowled in the last championship game, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, bowled against Surrey pretty well, and you know so I, you know I don't think he's I don't think he's hundred percent, but I don't think he's you know on crutches either. So I think you know he should be good to go. I would have thought for the for the Southport game, and I think you, you're right. He's probably he's, he's, he's the kind of logical solution as, as captain. Yeah, and will James Rue come into the side? Do you think? Well, he's about forty-five, not out for the second eleven. Um, and on day one, it's just they just finished day one against Northamptonshire, Somerset. 167 for two and Hildreth and Rue put on quite a good partnership. So there, there is going to come a point where yeah, he's going to he's going to absolutely need to be considered. Um, you know, I believe is I'm not too sure about the kind of um, his schedules in terms of um, A levels and bits and pieces and whether he's completely free of any commitments. But um, yeah, I mean. I was watching a little bit of the second level live stream a minute ago, and he seemed to be at them pretty well. So well, he wasn't keeping though, was he? Steve Davis was keeping. So if you thought, I mean, if he does come in, it'd probably be as a batter on that on that basis. You would have thought. Yeah. Yeah. Are you back with us yet, Dan? Or you? you... Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. I, I don't yeah. know what's going on. I'm. I think I'm here. <laughs> you are here. Yeah. Um, I mean, you popped your team out for the for the Southport game on on Twitter. Was it? I don't. There was. Anything massively uh, left field in, in your selection was there? That was it. Was more what I thought we would go with. Uh, although it's probably what I would do. I mean, yeah, Rue is an interesting one. I mean, because from the team that I put, so I, yeah, Lambie, Renshaw, Bartlett, I think will almost certainly be the top three. Goldsworthy will obviously play here after his runs against Surrey. Uh, Davis presumably play. It's Hildreth obviously was ill for the Surrey game. Inverted to come back in, <laughs> yeah. So, so that doesn't really leave a chance for Rue. So someone, someone's got to drop out from those. Two. Um, it's not really Lambert or Renshaw. Um, so yeah, he, he might be. He could be in the squad, I suppose. I mean, he's he's the next. I suppose there's also Ben Green. He's the other option as well. Um, yeah, then I said uh, Gregory. Yeah, I assumed Gregory would probably captain. Um, I'm not sure if we'll have Leach or not. Leach has obviously played four tests in five weeks, um, and the, this Southport match will start a few days after um, the end of the India test. So yeah, it'll be about five days rest. So it'll be down to ECB, won't it? Whether they uh, feel that he needs a rest. Um, oh, we all know what they're going to do, Dan. Don't, don't, don't even speculate. We all know what they're going to do. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. Um, yeah, so VDM will each, and then Davy, Siddle, and either Aldridge or Brooks, I suppose. Um, was the Aldridge bowled well against Surrey, didn't he, in the championship game? So maybe. Do you think they may go left field and give the captaincy to Ben Green, based on his pretty decent Royal London performances last year? Has he been officially named Royal London One Day Cup captain yet? I don't think I've seen it. So, so this is where things get slightly tasty. Oh, the, goss, gossip, the, gossip from Ben. Come on. Well, it's not really gossip. It's in, mm. technically. So, there's going to be on Thursday the tournament that we must not name the wild card selections, uh. and until we know for sure that Ben Green isn't going to be playing in the hundred. 
Um, I think the term you're looking for is kidnapped, Ben. <laughs> then it would be miss of us to name him as captain and then have to say he's gone elsewhere. So, um, yeah, certainly the intentions are that, that there would be a twaddle, twaddle green combo as per last year. But, um, yeah. We, the twaddle we not... green combo, that sounds like an amazing mm. folk band. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope yeah. that um, I hope James Hildreth plays next week. I hope we haven't seen the last of, of James playing red ball cricket for Somerset. I hope he gets the chance to go out in a high rather than, as poor old Marcus did, going out yeah. to, at Guildford Court off his thigh pad behind. And then to add insult to injury, watching Essex lift the trophy in our backyard. Yeah. And then yeah. as soon as they're off the pitch, phoning up the pitch inspectors. Yeah. Yeah, James is an interesting one. If it was up to me, I think I'd give him the Royal London One Day Cup. Hope he has a good Royal London One Day Cup. And if he has a good Royal London One Day Cup, then seriously think about getting him into that championship team. Um, but can we... Oh, I don't suppose it is a is a luxury, really, to try and get him in. Because if we aren't winning the games, um, the upcoming games that we've got before that, which, are, which is Lancashire at Southport, uh, Yorkshire at home, and then Essex down at Chelmsford. If we don't really performing any of those we're probably going to be dead and buried anyway and if we're not winning these games it's going to be down to the fact that the batters aren't performing because you know the one consistent element of our side over the last few years has been the bowling so I think we can kind of wrap that up put a little bow on it and be as sure as sure can be that the bowlers are going to perform so yeah if if he needs to come in for somebody he needs to come in for somebody three, three very tough games aren't they really tough games yeah absolutely uh, yeah, made tougher by uh, yeah Tom Abel, uh, Will Smead, and uh, Tom Banton being away. Um, but yeah, so uh, but that one of those England Lions games is going to be at the Cooper Associates County Ground um, next week. And if you do fancy watching the guys, uh, go and watch them at Worcester because it's ten pound cheaper to go and watch them at Worcester, and members get in free. Hashtag controversial. Hashtag saw this on Twitter today. Hashtag nothing personal, Ben. But <laughs> I mean, this was on a, on a bit of a thread with with George Dobell about um, the the pricing of the various uh, blast quarterfinals, and, and and Somerset's is highest, and I can understand why because we have the smallest ground, but potentially the same overheads as many of the bigger counties when it comes to paying their playing staff and none of the international revenue and the revenue from the dark side as well so i can kind of understand that but then when you kind of compare it to worcester who are you know similar sized town similar sized county probably similar sized membership base i had a look their their 10 quid general general admission and our ticket prices are ranging for 20 quid to 30 quid for the for the premium members seating and no freebies for members as well it, uh, well, the key difference is we are better than Worcestershire, so we get we obviously <laughs> yeah we get the money in and we spend the money on doing doing well at cricket. We just yeah. check the championship yeah. table a minute, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> in, in one form of cricket, yeah. Worcestershire, Worcestershire Division Two. Well, that's true. <laughs> and the fact that we've got Abel, Branton, and Smead, who we've we we use that money to pay them and mm. lots of stuff. So, yeah, I I I, th- I yeah I think. 20 quid for a day where you get to watch 
watch England Lions and the South African men. I don't think that's bad value, is it? What you can get? What, what can you get for twenty quid these days? Day out in in the sun watching international cricketers. And then, yeah, it's, it's... just to go back to the last quarterfinal. Um, I I I said to my friend yesterday, oh, "Do you want to come? Because we've got some there's some seats next to us which are non-members." So I said we could probably get him a seat right next to us. And his exact line was, "I'd love to come, but the price is ridiculous because the price is thirty-eight pounds for that seat. That is a lot of money." And I know we sit in the lower tier of the Trust Pavilion, so that's one of the slightly more expensive bits of the ground. But like, thirty-eight quid is a lot of money, so I do sympathise. I, mean, I I see the need to maximise revenue, and that leads to us being successful on the pitch. But I just think if if people are actually you know out there saying you know the price is ridiculous, it's not ideal but at the same time we do fill the ground so it's all about supply and demand there's no mm. there's no perfect solution um he also thinks that the 7 p.m is an annoying time as well and i know that's obviously not somerset's fault at all um that's obviously sky because the other the other quarters are 6 30 aren't they um mm. either seven i think they like seven on saturdays don't they for some reason so um, yeah there's yeah a, there's an england t20i that starts at half two i think so it's probably just giving you enough time to get clear of that in case there's a a rain delay, rain delay for that game or, or whatever so you can kind of understand it I suppose and of course there's a reserve day on Sunday as well uh, for the Derbyshire game but yeah I mean uh, my, my thinking on this is it's it's an England Lions game why why would you not let members in free I mean, Worcester, Worcester are doing it. it it just all seems to be one way at the moment. I mean, so last year with the members' dinner doubling in price. Um, I don't. Know, it just seems to me that everything is kind of becoming a little bit too commercial. I know. I understand the line about everything. All the money we get is spent on on the playing staff and and this side of things. But I don't know. Maybe it could have just been a nice little gesture, just to say members will get in free for this game, like Worcester are doing. Um, yeah, we decided to do one. One of we had the two additional games, so we decided to do the the Sri Lanka development game as a free T Twenty, and do this one as a as a bolt on. Um, yeah, obviously, uh, you know, it is it is you know we are under significant pressure as a club to recoup the money that we we lost, and you know, our, you know, comparing us to Worcester, you know, our ground for example is. Is, is much you know it cost it takes a lot more income to to sort of keep it running you know we and um you know yeah i, I totally get understand the criticism um but it's just something that you know if, if we want to you know if we want to be at the top table who want to you know it, it's it is literally every penny that we make goes back into you know to, to making somerset competitive and um, to to make the ground as as nice a facility as we can make it. So it, you know it really is. You know, if you listen to Gordon Hollins about this subject, it's fast. You know, he he is adamant that there's going to be winners and losers in the next eighteen months in cricket. And if Somerset want to be winners and not end up in you know the League One and League Twos of, mm. of, of, of you know we 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 cannot just rely on the, our usual revenue streams. And we've got to got to try and, and, and balance you know obviously membership is massive and you know keeping our members happy is, is a huge priority um, 
but mm-hmm. we've just got to try and find a few ways of, yeah. of doing things a little bit differently. I mean, so. I, I totally understand this isn't your your division at all, and you wouldn't have been involved in any of the decision making. But one oh, point yeah, that one. is kind of, sort of <laughs> I, I'm kind of thinking of is if there comes a time where you're thinking when it comes to membership renewal time and you're thinking well hold on a minute they're charging me more for this they're charging me more for this i now don't get this free i now don't get this free is it now worth me getting a membership at all and then the club by not investing if you like that 10 pound or 20 pound that they would have got for that england lions ticket then losing that 180 200 250 pound membership so it's a balance it's a it's a real kind of finger in the air job to kind of work out what that is but um we'll leave that to the highers up i suppose you don't worry though give oh you're getting free every time <laughs> I'm, um, it's not a, i'm not going to comment on, <laughs> on any of this <laughs> you just want that commentary box back don't you give you're not upsetting the apple cart on this one I just want to be able to see the cricket. <laughs> oh dear! Right, um, what else have we got to talk about then? Uh, we've done the T twenties. We've done uh, um, oh, one thing we didn't mention is that Tom Abley's uh, captain of the England Lions. I missed that uh, reading that out on my agenda. Do we think that's a vote of confidence from the ECB and that he's going to be earmarked for for better things or? Is it going to be more the case when they made James Hildreth captain of England Lions and then that was pretty much it as far as his international career, career progressed? Tom just needs... It's weight of runs in, in red ball cricket that'll get him in the test side. He's not He's not going to be parachuted in as captain, given what's been... You know, I mean, Ben Stokes has been absolutely, you know, roaring success, almost literally. And um, that, that position is filled as captain of England and will be for several years to come. So Tom Tom needs to uh, set his sights on, on becoming a middle-order batsman for, for England. Yeah. Do you think that's more likely to be in uh, red ball cricket or white ball cricket? Oh, red ball, I think. I mean, we've got so many good white ball cricketers. I mean, I know Tom, Tom is very, very good, but, um, you know, the competition is pretty fierce. It certainly is indeed. Um, yeah, Owen Morgan, captain, couldn't get himself in the side, so uh, decided to retire. And that was probably the uh, the right decision as well. Right, let's fire over to Twitter then and see what our listeners have been throwing our way with regards to questions. Right, uh, one from Martin. I know I had a look at the live stream. I couldn't see what Martin's talking about. But he says ba- Bantam was apparently waving goodbye last night. Mm, I don't know why he should be because I mean he's in the side. Presumably, he'll be in the side to play Derbyshire on Saturday. Yeah. So, I mean, there've been lots of rumours of him. You know, he comes. He's out of contract at the end of this season, and no announcement is mm. he's, he's being retained. And of course, he comes from Warwickshire and. Lots of suggestions that that's where he, he may very well be bound. But um, I didn't see him waving goodbye or anything like that. No, I had a good look at the live stream as well. I mean, there was, you know, the normal applauding around the ground as you do uh, to say thank you to the fans. But, uh, yeah, I, I certainly didn't see that. Did you, either you guys see that, Ben, Dan? Nah. I, no. No, I didn't see that, so I did. No, so um, yeah, lay off the uh, hallucinogenic drugs there, uh, Martin. Uh, <laughs> none of us going to saw that. But if you do have any photographic or video evidence of that, 
popping over to us. Um, uh, Andy Cleave, uh, Tom Lamanby's overuse of scoop shot. Discuss. I think he missed hmm. two and got out to the third one, didn't he? Well, he missed more than two. He missed <laughs> two. He missed two. Then the third one, I think. Did he miss it again? But they ran a bye, and then the fourth one he got out to. Yeah. Yeah. It was in a row. Oh, that was yeah, I mean, the, better the, than that. The first two that he played he off... He doesn't I, need to keep going to the scooter. No. The first two that he played off... Who was it? It might have been Topley, or I can't remember who it was. But anyway, that was the right shot because the fine leg was up. And, there were, you know, as soon as you get it over there, that's four. And that was down to, to Gimlet Hill on the short boundary. The one he got out to, Reese Topley was down there. So it, you don't really want to be scooping when you've got a really, a really fine, fine leg. So it was a bit of a... A bit of a, a a daft shot, and it kind of goes back to what we were talking about with Tom Abel and just his, his awareness of the field and where he, he you know he what his boundary options are and and that sort of thing. But yeah, just looks a bit out of nick, doesn't he, Tom? Yeah, I think it was sim- similar to Banton's dismissal at the over in terms of trying to take on. You know, I, I, they are clearly trying to take on the fielders now with the, with the scoop and hit it, hit it over. Fine leg, just as they try and hit it over long on, but it, 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 you know, to me, I, I would have been Lamanby at that end. The short boundary was towards the, the old scoreboard, so you know that would have been, I think, the, the smarter option. Um, it's nothing with, with modern modern day T Twenty cricket. It, it, you know, anything, anything goes now, doesn't it? But um, yeah, uh, to me, trying to trying to scoop over. Men in the deep is uh, is not the high highest percentage that they can go for, but um, will to, uh, he plays the sweep both the sweeps really well though, Tom Lemonby, doesn't he? I think you know that's and he's got so many shots, but he just seemed to be obsessed with with playing the scoop last night and and uh, Reese Topley. He, the other thing he was giving himself away, he was moving too soon. Reese Topley could see that this was, this is was what coming, what was coming, and, and adjusted accordingly. And I thought bowled really, really well, uh, even though he's, even though <laughs> we know who his father is. <laughs> <laughs> Can we go one podcast without mentioning the Topley? <laughs> Good old Don, you must get him on for for oh, one of these. You know, well, well, when we play, when we play, when we're playing Essex at Chelmsford. Oh. And when we bowled them out for sixty, all right, yeah, well, okay, yeah, well, you, you've convinced me. You convinced me. We'll just have to make sure we get all the Somerset guys on. We'll just invite everybody on. Just send it like a Zoom link out to the whole crowd. Start handing out flyers with it on it as people are leaving. Seven thousand versus Topley. But I'm, yeah. I've, I've got faith in Tom Lemmerby. I'm sh- I'm sure he'll come good at some stage mm-hmm. in, in the vitality of Blast. You know, he's such a talented uh, young cricketer. And um, maybe Saturday against Derbyshire will be his day. Yeah, let's hope so. Uh, moving on then, uh, another one from Andy. Uh, do we know why Tom... A- he says, do Ben or Anthony know why Tom Abel was absent? Assuming that me and you, Dan, don't know. Um, <laughs> yes, well, I'm going to answer that one, Anthony. Uh, well, somebody else has already answered it on Twitter. I bumped into Harry Everett, apparently, and uh, saw, uh, saw they had a bit of tightness in a hamstring. So nothing to worry about. And I gather he's going to be all good for, for Saturday. So nothing to worry about there. Uh, will Craig be available for the quarterfinal? Writes uh, Robert Blackwell. I'm pretty sure he will be. And oh, Mark Long, this is an interesting one. Uh, do we think we should try a more random allocation of groups in the T20 so we can play teams we don't play every year? 
well, like Durham away. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's <laughs> positive drives. Positive, 606, yeah. 660 miles <laughs> and a half hours of cricket. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the way that the the T20s are so tightly packed when you know you are you are playing t sometimes two days in a row it, it would just make that fixture arrangement that little bit more complicated but then again they are running hundreds of thousands of pounds up at up at ecb towers to sort these things out so it would be nice i mean i think dan this is the first time that we've ever played derbyshire in a t20 is that right it will be yeah and after what we now in the 20th year of t20 so it's a yeah, I think it's something that you maybe I don't mean, know. Oh you couldn't really do in East West, could you? Because then you'd still have Chelmsford and Sussex up to Durham, wouldn't you? So and and yeah, Somerset up to Taunton up to Manchester and things like that. So it's it'd be nice if I mean if only we could get rid of of something in the calendar to just make give the blast that little bit more breathing space. So maybe we could we could we could go in March plan. I mean. I don't know what, what I don't think we can get rid of anything in the in the fixture list at the moment. It's all it's all so valuable and uh, and priceless that there's nothing that we can change. Oh right, Dan, are you ready? We, uh -oh. can, have, we can have fisticuffs for this one, Sam Shane. <laughs> I don't, I don't even want to read this. <laughs> so, in a previous podcast, Mister Warren briefly said it's nothing to do with him where the BBC commentary box is. But clearly <laughs> listening on the radio last night, it was two commentators who for the first half of the match were describing action they couldn't see. Club treating BBC as second tier. Run, Dan, run, run. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's making... I'll, I'll play Peacemaker here. It's, it's making the best of a, a bad situation, I think, isn't it? And we'll all be rectified once the enhanced media facilities are built in the Ian Botham stand over the winter. Am I right in saying? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not going to be ready next year, is it? Uh, well, I, I, I think it's dependent on finance. Um, mm. I think it's more likely to be twenty twenty. Every, everybody get to the Sri Lanka. Everybody get to the England Lions game. Buy your tickets now <laughs> so the club can build <laughs> exactly. Gibbo a new commentary box. <laughs> you're basically yeah. holding you're holding us to ransom to get Gibbo somewhere we can see the cricket. <laughs> 75 quid for a pint of Thatcher's. Do you want Gibbo to get his commentary box or not? Okay, then. There are plenty of places from which we could commentate and see the cricket. It's just that the club choose not to allow us to go there. But that is a matter under discussion at the moment, and that's all I will say. <laughs> a career in diplomacy has eluded you, Anthony. <laughs> Uh, moving on then uh, our next question is from Mark Long could Anthony and Mark no we're not asking that one <laughs> could Anthony and Mark try to see any of the action last night sun visor could you just have a sun visor or a blind would that be nice or some some free dirty dogs from the shop so uh... we've, got, we've got visors and sunglasses and you still can't see a bloody thing so <laughs> Right, that's it. Now that's officially embargoed as a topic of conversation for the rest of the <laughs> season. Now, uh, right, uh, John Hayes, are we better at chasing targets than setting them? Despite what Abel does at each coin toss success, I think our record of chasing this season is flawless. Dan? Question mark. 
No, no we, Hampshire, lost, we, lost, we lost chasing. Hampshire. Three times. Uh, we, lost a, we, we lost to Sussex, Kent and Hampshire chasing at home. Um, we've not lost chasing away. We've only lost once away. That, that was batting first. Uh, yeah, we've only lost once batting first. That was away to Surrey. We've only batted first uh, four times in the blast, plus the Sri Lanka development eleven game. Um, so our record, our record batting first is one loss and three wins. But bowling first is three losses and was that uh, seven wins? I guess batting first. I don't know why. I was quite happy that Surrey chose to bowl yesterday. Mm. Mm. Uh, but yeah, we we like to bowl first, don't we? It's been our thing for a long time. I think most teams in T20 cricket these days shoot hole. It's quite rare in the blast, I think, for a team to choose to bat. Yeah. For a side that sort of likes chasing, we do seem to make hard work of it sometimes. Lords is a kind of a classic example of that where we just seem to determine kind of to, to, to throw it away until uh, until the very end there. But um, yeah, I don't know. I thought if that was your preferred choice, I mean, because our, our, our bowling is generally stronger than our, our batting over a consistent you period think so? of time. I think well, it hasn't been. It hasn't. Oh, Anthony's frozen. I'm oh, sorry. I was um, back. Uh, I was going to say it, it, it's changed around a bit this summer. In, in previous seasons, the bowling has been our weakness, particularly the death bowling, and the batting has been been our strength, particularly at the top of the order with Babrazam and, and Tom Banton. Uh, Etc. But this in this last campaign, we've become much better at defending totals. I think. I mean, I thought Cardiff was a was a classic example. Hmm. Um, I didn't think we got nearly enough. Um, what was it? 70, 75 We got in 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 seven overs, and I thought they're all going to chase that down without any any bother at all. But we actually bowled really really well, uh, intelligently and and thoughtfully. You know, there was there was strategy brought brought to bear, and and similarly, you know, up, up at the Oval against against Surrey. A game that you know, arguably, we should have we should have won. When again, we were defending a very you know pretty modest total, thirty forty below par, but really really bowled well, kept taking wickets, and of course it came down to the last ball, and poor old Peter Siddle didn't quite get it right, and and um, McCurr smashed through through extra cover, and that was that. But you know, I think our, our bowling has improved a lot in this campaign compared to to other recent years. And it's and that's I think why we're probably favourites to win the whole thing now, you know because we we you know we've got the power hitters, and now we've you know we've got some some bowlers who who can you know have got enough variety and enough nous to to bowl well defending a total. So I, I don't think we, you know we shouldn't be as worried as we have been historically about batting first uh, and and then trying to defend a total because I think we can do that as well as any other side in the competition left in the competition it's, it's quite interesting isn't it, how bowlers that how, that were previously you know not, not fantastic t20 bowlers you know it was only a few years ago that craig wasn't really you yeah. know, deemed, you know, an effective t20 bowler and he, he turned himself into a you know excellent power play opening bowler and and, and jack brooks josh davy you know these are people that you know three two or three years ago you said you know no, you know, shouldn't be anywhere near the Somerset team potentially in terms of T Twenty skills, but they they've done brilliantly well, and they have all, you know, really got executed their plans. You know, they they, they stick to what they what they believe. You know, and I think playing at Taunton as a bowler, 
it's not easy. So you know, you have they have to be very very disciplined. And I think it's helped when they've gone away from home on on pitches that are slightly more receptive and grip a little bit more that they're they're sort of honed in to, to their home conditions on you know hitting hitting the block hole regularly, bowling towards with one short boundary to to really net you know concentrate their lines to sort of protect that short boundary. You know, these are the skills that they've really honed in on over the last few years and um you know it's playing paying dividends when they when they go away from home as well as when they're at Taunton. Yeah, absolutely right. Good stuff. Uh one from Rob Reed, which is a bit of a generalization of one and I'm not quite sure we've got the um collective uh, knowledge to answer it, but should counties that provide England players receive more money from the ECB than ones that don't rather than a flat payment for all? So I think they do. You do. You get. You get. Basically, the ECB plays the pays the players' wages while they're away on England duty. Yeah, and there's there's also there's um there's lots of various schemes in place for um, that rewards teams for for this sort of thing. You know, there's a there's a thing the county partnership agreement and you know things like producing England Lions players and stuff is very incentivised and so. Yeah, it, it, it certainly, you know, you are rewarded for doing the right thing in terms of bringing your own players through your academy and progressing them on in terms of how you're, how you're sort of subsidised for, for that. So, um, yeah, it's not an absolute science in terms of, you know, you don't get paid millions for producing a couple of England Lions players compared to nothing for, for not, but it, there is a tiering system in place. Yeah. Fair enough. All right, uh, only a couple more then. Uh, one from Alex Vaughan. Not talking about commentary boxes anymore, Alex. We've embargoed it. Not asking it. Um, Stuart Hodgkiss would like there to be a Somerset CCC car sticker available from the club shop. Uh, were they dragging on it? Obviously. And then I can't quite see what that emoji is. A winking emoji, presumably. I mean, obviously it would have a dragon on it because a dragon is the, the emblem of Somerset County Cricket Club. Um uh, Richard Freeman, any ideas on ticket allocation for qualifying counties? Should we get to finals day? Um, yeah, it's usually not very many. TBD is it? Yeah, then it's, I think E six hundred again, uh, same as last year. Pathetic. Fair dues. You have to take a lot of media interns with you, Gibbo. <laughs> <laughs> have an entourage. Oh, they're full. They're you have to jump through so many hoops just to get there as a media representative. But... I just wander anyway. up to that. Anyway, uh, do you feel sorry for Matt Hutchins? Do you feel sorry for Tom Curran getting at that last night? No, of course not. Don't be no. silly. Uh, Chris Payne, what will our batting lineup look against Lancashire? We've uh, uh, covered that a bit earlier. Uh, Andy Curtis has clarified the question about the England uh, player payments. And Mike Unwin, no, Mike, that is embargoed. <laughs> oh right uh, just one thing I wanted to bring up is these England Lions games against South Africa is there any particular reason why they're not scheduled uh, against any 100 games and they're scheduled against championship games any any particular reason for that any particular reason why these England ODIs aren't scheduled during 100 time And because they because the easy Want a window for a couple of weeks at the start of the hundred during. Oh, you've Firstly, gone again, there, Dan. So you, 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 Dan, you need to start paying you, your broadband bill. We'll put fifty p in the meter. 
I think you're back. So can you hear me now? Yeah, I got you. Um, the original schedule did not have finals day clashing of internationals. It's only because of the rescheduled India test that we've now got this clash because it's basically compressed the summer, like all these live internationals into a smaller period. And obviously what these we could have done is have some of these limited internationals. I think you need to restart your route before next week, Dan. <laughs> I think Dan was about to say what the ECB could have done is rescheduled some of these these, these internationals for oh, the hundred. The start of the hundred. So I carry on putting words in Dan's mouth, and I think Eddie Byram should be playing for England. And <laughs> <laughs> go on, Dan. I think you're back now. You're less pixelated than you were before. I'm, I'm not sure where I left off. But yeah, basically these have prioritised the start of the hunt over blast finals day. That's effectively what's happened in the rescheduling of the matches because of the India test. Shock. What a surprise. And it's the county found that suffers again. Yeah. I mean, in, in all seriousness, we are in a relegation fight here. Well, not necessarily because they may, they may alter the format. Well, okay. But yeah, we are... If we are ostensibly sticking with a two-divisional structure, we are, yeah, we're, we're second bottom. We're in a relegation dogfight here, you know. A lot of people will be absolutely gutted and pissed off and angry and sad and just really, really climbing up the walls if Somerset get relegated this year. Nobody will give a shit if the Trent Rockets finish bottom of the hundred. Nobody will care. You know, if, no, there are no lifelong Trent Rockets fans who will be moping around the streets of Nottingham going, oh, I can't <laughs> believe we finished bottom of the 100. That's it, I'm going to be so pissed off all winter. But I can guarantee that if Somerset go down, there will be thousands of Somerset fans that will be absolutely gutted and just... Well, we all know... Yeah. We all know what it will be like, but obviously, you know... ECB don't give a shit about county cricket. And they, no. all, the only thing they care about is the 100. What a depressing note to end the podcast on. Unless we've got well, anything else that can cheer us no. up. Storm Western, Western Storm, Storm 1. Storm. Western Storm 1, Dan. Yes, we nearly forgot. Yeah. I had a lovely day in, in Loughborough on Saturday. I mean, there was a bit rainy, obviously, but no, it was a good day. Storm got 255, which became 260 due to five penalty runs because mm -hmm. Kirsty Gordon showed dissent when she got out. Um, yeah. Kirsty, yeah, the regular wickets. Told you about yeah, that. I, know. I, I didn't. I didn't even notice at the time. Um, yeah, Storm took regular wickets in reply. Was and, it a proper um, gatting yeah, Shakurana sort of descent, or was it more of like a kind I of thing? Was, yeah, no, I didn't even notice at the time. She just just. I think it looked like a gesture and maybe some words to the umpire when she was given out, caught behind. But I didn't notice at the time. It was only subsequently that I realised it even happens. But uh, yeah, no, it was a good day. Um, but for the uh, I mean, Lightning are not one of the stronger teams but um, yeah good, good start with a win uh, and the next match today uh, at Bristol Central Sparks which I well obviously I will not be going to because of the uh, summer match in the evening but uh, it will be live streamed you could double header it Dan yeah <laughs> I did briefly think about it but that is, is, is too tight <laughs> uh, when do they play their next game so they don't play in this little batch of Group stages before uh, the hunt. September the eleventh, they're at Taunton. Yeah, that's right. That's already home game in the. Um, always keep getting them confused. Which is this one? Is this the Charlotte Edwards or the Rachel Hale event? I can never remember which one's which. Uh, 
Sister uh, Rachel Hayhoe Flint. That's the 50 over one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Happy days. Yeah. Right. AOAOB. So something a bit more cheerful to, to end the podcast on. Um, if we haven't got anything else. No, look forward to seeing you all on Saturday. Yeah, we'll see you on Saturday. Oh, I don't know when we're going to record next now because we've got the get. We've got Saturday quarterfinal. Then we've got Sunday off. Then we're, uh, well, I say we, um, and then we're up at uh, Southport on the uh, on the Monday. So we could potentially have a week off. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. I mean, I'll, I'll you know, we'll probably have I'll probably have Wi-Fi up at Southport. Okay, well let's have a let's have a let's have a catch up Sunday night then, and uh, and we'll pick over the bones of the uh, the quarterfinals, and uh, look ahead to Southport, and hopefully look ahead to finals day as well. Uh, great to have you on, guys. Uh, for Anthony, Ben, and Dan, uh, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you all next time.